0: As far as we can tell, the now-confirmed leak of Grand Theft Auto 6 is the biggest and most notable leak in video game history. So, over this past weekend, the ultimate nightmare scenario for any game developer played out in unprecedented fashion, as nearly 100 videos were leaked online that showed footage from the development of one of, if not the most anticipated game in modern history. The size of the leak, the assets that were included, the speed at which it spread, and the hours upon hours of ultimately pointless efforts trying to stop the spread of files and videos through DMCA takedowns, all played out on a scale that we hadn't seen before in this genre of entertainment. I mean, there's like some Witcher 3 narrative leaked, I remember like, the source code for Half-Life 2 leaked. Last of Us 2's script leaked beforehand. And, and then the other big one in recent memory was uh, uh, Walmart like, leaked a bunch of games that were going to be announced at E3. Yeah. Uh, so, But those kind of things are like, okay, it's just the text online. I mean, this is a game that doesn't away. officially exist. Yeah, it hasn't <laughs> even been announced. Yeah. Uh, and you're seeing actual gameplay footage, and obviously you can take plot elements out of that. So yeah. this is extremely significant. And of course, uh, it was that last tactic, the DMCA takedowns, uh, that, uh, you know, attempted to stop the leak from spreading that actually confirmed that the leak was completely
1: legitimate. It's true. Yeah, it's true. They probably could have gotten away with it.
0: It's also just like movie trailers because it's like, hey, is that the new whatever? Oh, uh, you know, uh, Warner Brothers claimed it as copyright. Well, they can't do that unless they own it. So you've kind of just shown your hand.
1: But yeah, so let's get back to that original leak uh, because, you know, we're, we're obviously not going to show any of this footage during this reporting because uh, that, it would be just nuked from Orbit. Our channel would cease to exist. Um, yeah, but it's, also, it's just not something we'd want to glorify because this is horrible for the developers working on the game who are already dealing with industry-wide turmoil and schedule crunch. But we're going to mention a few things about the game that have been confirmed by the leak. This information is already being reported on, you know, every video game outlet out there and, mm-hmm. and specifics were rumored as recently as this past summer in a Bloomberg article. So, you know, just a light spoiler warning for you. People are gonna be stealing cars in this game <laughs> on a grand scale. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but you know, early on Sunday morning, footage was leaked to the GTA forum's websites uh, before being downloaded and shared across every social media platform. All in all, there appeared to be around an hour of developer gameplay footage spread across dozens of videos. And obviously, this footage is nowhere near the final product. Um, But that didn't stop an abundance of posters throwing a fit over what they perceived as a lack of quality from Rockstar Games. Wow, this looks like shit. This looks almost unfinished. I I would not play this in its current state. Wow, there's
0: text all over the screen with source code. There's like
1: debug garbage
0: all over the screen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I
1: want to play this?
0: Yeah, it seems uh, pretty pretty bad. uh, How far Rockstar has fallen if this is what they're putting out um, next week. These assets look temp.
1: (laughs) Anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, so they're literally, they're working on developer versions of the game. It's not going to be released for years, so of course it's not going to look acceptable in its current state. This is like if someone's painting something, you walk up to them like, hey, uh, you missed that. Uh, I I think the shading's not too good. Like, I'm, I'm fucking working on it. Yeah, I'm like, working on it. It's like leaking it's not like, done. the storyboard for a Pixar movie yeah. and everyone just being like, wow, that like looks shit. like shit. So what this footage did provide, however, was confirmation regarding the location, potential story elements, and a new character of a new gender. He's a woman. Yeah, here's
0: Kotaku. Matching much of what Bloomberg reported earlier this year, including that the game will co-star a, a woman, woman and be set in Vice City. The videos are very much in development footage with unfinished textures and models all over the place and code playing out in real time across many of them. In one, a white male playable character encounters a racist NPC by a poolside, and as the conversation transpires, you can see the code required for the interaction playing out alongside the in-game action. In another, the woman character explores one of the series' infamous strip clubs. There's also a video showing, quote, passenger shooting mechanics, illustrated with the player taking an AK-47 to some pursuing police cars, and another that showcases the interior modeling of a car. One of the more complete videos uploaded shows both characters partnering up to rob a diner, holding the patrons at gunpoint before the police arrive. Others are in rougher shape and feature little more than a featureless placeholder character moving around an empty landscape, acting out combat animations like taking cover. We do see Vice City
1: in this footage, but the original rumor, might be true, might be not, was that it would include uh, Vice City and like one or two more locations that yeah, like, are like... Yeah, some kind of like I- island or completely whatever. Completely separate like realms that you travel to like through the airport or something. Makes sense. I don't know. As for the person who leaked these files, they went by the username Teapot UberHacker, a reference to their apparent hack of ride-sharing app Uber, which also resulted in a massive data breach. And much like their methods with the Uber hack, the GTA hack seemed to have been done through social engineering rather than brute force or some other method. And at least in the case of the Uber hack, the attacker reportedly gained access by messaging company employees over WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, the media that was stolen all reportedly came from a developer Slack channel. And Teapot claimed to have more to release, but in an update to the original GTA Forum's post, claimed they would hold off on further dissemination until someone from Take-Two or Rockstar contacted them to negotiate a deal. After all of that
0: came the DMCA takedown notices from Take Two Games, which essentially confirmed that the footage was legitimate since they would need to have the legal right to copyright claim the content. Now, By Monday morning, what everyone already knew was finally confirmed and addressed by Rockstar directly in a post to Twitter which said the following. We recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon, and, of course, we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it is ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation.
1: Anyway, all in all, we don't think this is going to have a major effect on the game's adoption from fans at all. I mean, what they've seen due to the leak just confirms some aspects of the game and confirms that the company is hard at work bringing it to life. But the actual footage isn't and shouldn't be held to any kind of standard considering the phase that they're clearly currently in. Uh, Naughty Dog president Neil Druckmann summed it up pretty well in a tweet Sunday night saying, To my fellow devs out there affected by the latest leak, know that while it feels overwhelming right now, it'll pass. One day we'll be playing your game, appreciating your craft, and the leaks will be relegated to a footnote on a Wikipedia page. Keep pushing. Keep making art. Yeah. Having said that, Rockstar has had their reputation damaged in recent years due to what users see as an overabundance and abuse of microtransactions and also, uh, you know, their employees getting just worked to the bone.
0: Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> uh, you know, the lack of uh, Red Dead Online and coming a little bit too late and not having the full
1: kind of uh, experience that you'd like to have from it. But at its core, every GTA game has had an incredible campaign and has pushed the limits of gaming, specifically console gaming, with every release. Uh, so we're sure that GTA 6 will be worth the wait whenever it actually becomes available. Yeah, the- uh, It is crazy to me that people are still doing GTA Online. Like, I played the campaign, I played GTA Online for maybe like a month. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's kind of fun, but it's like, it's just sort of scratching my itch, but it's not I'm not loving. It. With GTA
0: Online, it really at this point does take a bit of dedication to get well versed in the it's UI, UX. Yeah. Uh, thing uh, to actually play something fun and then you have to build a community or get involved yeah. in one. But the the way that this game has evolved over the years is actually pretty cool and it, and it gave probably Rockstar insight to how these games can be played if left to the consumer to just kind of take over and do whatever. Like yeah. The Grand Theft Auto role-playing stuff, you know, it's not as hot right now, mm. but it, it really like uh, peaked some life into this game, you know, eight years into its lifespan, which was kind Of cool, and it's you know what, all things considered, the game does look great considering it came out almost 10 years ago.
1: Well, wow. it's gone through three console generations, sure.
0: Uh, <laughs> the other thing to mention though is that because of the crunch time thing, and this is just Rockstar saying this, but who knows? Because of the crunch time thing, the reason that Grand Theft Auto 6 they've said in interviews as much is that they're trying not to do crunch time, and that's why it's taking a really long time. Oh, wow. and also, uh, yeah, you're kind of a dick for doing this because it's going to make the devs. Uh yeah. Not very happy at all. But uh, again, we hope there's no crunch time going in this and they hope I am willing to wait as long as it takes yeah, for uh, a it's good done game when so it's done.
1: There's so much entertainment out there guys. It's fine. You'll be fine in Distract the Distract yourself with something else. Mhm.
0: But uh, in other news from early this week, Adnan Syed, the focus of the wildly successful true crime podcast serial, has been released from incarceration Monday morning after a judge overturned his murder conviction. Uh, There's still a process in place for Adnan to have his charges dropped completely, but the state attorney's office could also choose to take him back to court. Um, This is still good news for Adnan and his defense team, but here's local newspaper, The Baltimore Sun, with uh, more info on this. Adnan Syed, the man whose legal saga spawned the hit podcast Serial, walked away from a Baltimore courthouse Monday free of shackles after 23 years. He smiled while descending the courthouse steps to raucous cheers, presumed innocent in the 1999 killing of Hei Min Lee. Baltimore Circuit Judge Melissa Finn overturned Syed's murder conviction after prosecutors raised doubts about his guilty finding because of the revelation of alternative suspects in the homicide and unreliable evidence used against him at trial. Saying her ruling was in the interest of justice and fairness, Finn ordered Syed released on a GPS monitor while the Baltimore State Attorney's Office chooses whether to drop his charges or to try him again for murder in his ex-girlfriend's death. Prosecutors have 30
1: days to make a decision. Uh, the reporting continues they add prosecutors said a year-long investigation conducted alongside syed's attorney erica souter showed that authorities knew about at least one alternative suspect before his trial and withheld that information from his defense despite the developments prosecutors say they are not prepared to declare syed innocent syed's first trial in 1999 ended with a mistrial in 2000 a jury found him guilty of murder the judge handed down life plus 30 years in prison at sentencing Despite fighting to uphold the conviction in years past, prosecutors now say Syed may not be Lee's killer. According to their motion to vacate his conviction, the state has known since 1999 of two alternative suspects who may have killed Lee. Syed's conviction became a matter of international intrigue after Serial, a podcast released in 2014 that pioneered the true crime genre, raised new questions about Lee's death. Since then, his legal journey has been the subject of books, other podcasts, and television documentaries that spawned new legal filings in his case. So, yeah, yeah, they literally like they had a note that was just like, I'm going to kill that bitch written by someone else and uh, just kept that a secret. Like, that interferes with our case here. Yeah. Like this is the problem with prosecutors. Uh, A lot of them don't really care about the truth. They care about winning conviction. Yeah. Yeah, Winning their conviction. And um, and this man just spent more than half of his life in prison for a crime. He almost certainly didn't do um, so that that prosecutor could get their numbers up. Yeah. So another massive news this week, Dark Brandon has officially seen enough. The COVID-19 pandemic is over, if you want it. Mm-hmm. Obviously this messaging drew critical responses from people online considering that COVID-19 still very much exists and is still killing people. Just not on a level that's outside the realm of acceptability when it comes to things that kill us, yeah. I guess.
0: We've gotten to a, a level where we're like, yeah, I mean, we all die of things.
1: COVID-19 can have a few victims as a treat. <laughs> as a treat, yes. <laughs> It's a blood sacrifice, yeah. just like the old days. Uh, but still, we are a bit shell-shocked from the amount of times we've heard COVID is over, only for it to just almost like we live in a simulation, immediately come roaring back in the days and weeks that follow such a statement. Yeah, it's almost like you're taunting it. Yeah, uh, but between between the immunity given by vaccines and boosters, new boosters out, by the way, mm-hmm. and the natural immunity that people have from contracting the virus, it's at least a hell of a lot more manageable than it's ever been. It's also not as debilitating or deadly as it has been, in general.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, it's long COVID still exists. Uh, the yeah. uh, the reports we've seen from uh, people who have shared their experiences with it sound
1: horrific. Doesn't sound fun. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, the pandemic as we've known it for the past two years is over, quotes according to. Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Of course, these headlines drove people nuts, despite Biden instantly reiterating that, well, okay, COVID isn't over, it's just the pandemic has ended.
0: Yeah, in a lengthy interview with 60 Minutes, Biden said, the pandemic is over. And that's why we gotta invade Taiwan. (laughs) No, he said, the pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. It's, but the pandemic is over. Uh, CNN. I mean, is that even technically true? I guess we're endemic now. All right. Barring another variant that takes over and spikes. Like, these, words, these words have like specific
1: definitions that like the World Health Organization. No, the World has. Health Organization. Did they
0: say it's over? The, there's, a, there's a quote from uh, someone who works at the uh, WHO was okay. like kind of elaborated further on this. Uh, here's CNN's coverage. And that, of course, included some quotes from a representative of the World Health Organization, the U.S. government still designates COVID-19 a public health emergency, and the World Health Organization says it remains a public health emergency of international concern. But the president's comments follow other hopeful comments from global health leaders. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, Director General of the World Health Organization, said in a news briefing last week that the end of the COVID-19 pandemic was in sight, and that the world has never been in a better position to end the COVID-19 pandemic quote last week the number of weekly reported deaths from covid19 was the lowest since March 2020. we have never been in a better position to end the pandemic we're not there yet but the end is in sight so he's saying the end of the pandemic's in sight it's not over but we could see the end which means endemic which means it's sort of over but we just have to deal with it I guess um all things considered
1: sounds sounds like the outlook is is good. I mean, I know multiple people who've gotten COVID like in the last like month and a half. So Yeah. But it's I mean, it's like you you feel like shit for a day or two and then As, and then you kinda in, lay low for another couple days until you test neg.
0: In our personal experience, that is what it has been. Yeah. Uh, also, like so I that's, don't know how the fuck I haven't caught it yet. That's well, you might have and you're not even and didn't even know it. But uh the the thing that makes me hopeful is that, you know, right now the numbers Obviously, zero would be the best number, obviously. Never but the numbers happen. but the numbers are low enough to the point where it is actually hopeful considering that not even in LA. I see a couple a day, but not even in LA or New York is everyone wearing a mask. So you're you have gigantic sporting events, football's back, baseball's been going on, everything's been happening, and you're only seeing
1: these numbers still despite uh, no mask. People, I see a lot of people in the service industry still wearing masks. Yeah. Which is, which is good. Yeah. If I was in the service industry seeing Hundreds hundreds of of people people a day, day. yeah, Yeah, I'd I'd still be, I'd be taking this uh, pretty serious. Yeah, there's situations where out of an abundance of caution, you
0: should almost certainly keep your mask on. Yeah. I bring mine to the Dodger games to wear in the bathroom, half for COVID, (laughs) half for the 99% humidity created by piss. Yeah, it's pretty
1: nasty in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, while we're playing politics, Mm -hmm. let's check in with Donald J. Trump, who has been desperately scraping the bottom of the lunatic barrel in the weeks since the FBI raided his Mar-a-Lago home. Uh, If Trump wasn't blatant about his mm, authoritarian intentions before, there is really no hiding it now, because in his most recent public appearances, uh, he has committed to a policy of uh, executing drug dealers without a lengthy trial. He he called Joe Biden an enemy of the state and referred to the FBI and Department of Justice as vicious monsters. But apparently he was just getting started, because last week amidst reports of a brain poisoned QAnon follower murdering his wife and dog, wounding one of his daughters, and then being taken out by police, Trump... uh, Retruthed, that's what they call retweeting on his website. He mm-hmm. retruthed an image showing him wearing a QAnon pin alongside the phrase, the storm is coming, that signature QAnon phrase. Mm-hmm. So, looks like he's no longer embracing subtlety when it comes to that Q shit. And, uh, you know, that couldn't have been more apparent than at his most recent rally in Ohio, America's Bellwether, which consisted of a lengthy monologue from Trump with music playing in the background, which is uh, nearly identical to a QAnon. A song called WWG1WGA, which is short for where we go one, we go all. Yeah, uh, a Trump monologue being
0: delivered this way, it's certainly something new. And throughout the eight minute monologue, Trump touched on many of his typical subjects like the FBI, Hunter Biden, the stolen election, and and so on, all while the crowd stayed completely silent, which is another odd thing for a Trump rally, where Trump typically embraces the raucous reaction that his followers give him. But if that wasn't surreal enough, uh, the speech, alongside the QAnon-esque soundtrack, was brought to a whole new level of insanity as large portions of the crowd silently pointed one finger to the sky, in what is being described as a sign representing the one referenced in the where we go one slogan. I mean, it's,
1: apparently this is some, I mean, I've, I grew up in a traditional Catholic church. Yeah. We didn't do any of this weird shit, just the other weird shit. Yes. But I guess this is some evangelical thing where, uh, you know, everyone, I don't know, a lot, I saw a lot of people, but they're like, it's not necessarily a cute thing, like, it's just oh, yeah, shit no, what the evangelicals do the perci- at church. But the fact that they're acting like they're in church while Donald Trump is giving them a sermon is uh pretty scary.
0: And the soundtrack uh that was yeah. played for the speech, it all ties together into something that is um it's it's plausible deniability, right? It's just like the OK symbol. It's like the, it's like, yeah, sure, that started as a joke and then people started using it to literally say what you're saying was a joke. So it's yeah. like symbolism can only represent something if you give power to it. So if if a bunch of Q people start walking around doing that constantly, it's because they're picking up on it and they want to show their beliefs without blatantly saying. I'm just
1: saying, QAnon or no QAnon, all all these people see Trump as a messianic figure. Yes, And that's scary,
0: Mm -hmm. regardless
1: of uh, where exactly they're coming
0: from. With that belief, Uh uh-huh. So, the New York Times, they do point out that the song is only similar, despite, you know, that just being an easy way to wave away any direct connections to the movement. Again, plausible deniability. Uh, Here's more from their reporting, though. Aides to Mr. Trump said the song played at the rally was called Mirrors, and it was selected for use in a video that Mr. Trump played at the conservative meeting CPAC and posted on his social media site, Truth Social. But it sounds strikingly like the QAnon theme song. Taylor Budowicz, a spokesman for Mr. Trump, said the fake news in a pathetic attempt to create controversy and divide America is brewing up another conspiracy about a royalty free song from a popular audio library platform. And again, wow, it's almost like it was picked specifically for that reason. I mean, even if it wasn't, it's just like, hey, that, it kind of sounds similar. It'd be really funny if we played this one and then we could be like, no, it's not. Yeah, I'm just look, here's the thing. Maybe it's just because I read that QAnon book now, but I feel like more of a a bigger threat looming because of the uh, the stuff that's happened in the past month. So we yeah. should very much take this well, seriously. So it's
1: it's Trump. Uh, I mean, he went four years without really ever even acknowledging, acknowledging yeah. it, but he's at a point now where like he has to lean on his uh, his ride or dies. Yeah, and. Most of those ride or dies are the people who are just so completely fucking brain poison that they, uh, you know, they think that Donald Trump is personally like, um, you know, executing pedophiles, and replacing them with holograms.
0: Yeah. Uh, The problem that I see, especially with the QAnon stuff and the January 6th stuff, is that, you know, everyone always says if you you know, if, if you don't learn history, you're doomed to repeat it. The problem is that we're in the year 2022. Uh, everyone's memory is like five seconds long. Yeah. And uh, history is, might repeat itself within a couple years if like, if you're not careful. Because, yeah, yeah this stuff seems like a distant memory and it is not, it is not.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so this also comes on the heels of what appears to be a threat from Trump regarding potential indictments. Here's Politico. Former President Donald Trump said Thursday the nation would face problems, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen if he is indicted over his handling of classified documents after leaving office, an apparent suggestion that such a move by the Justice Department could spark violence from Trump supporters. The former president said an indictment wouldn't stop him from running for the White House again and repeatedly said Americans would not stand for his prosecution. If a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running, Trump said in an interview with conservative talk radio host Hugh Hewitt. I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems for this country, the likes of which probably we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. He would ask Trump what he meant by problems. I think they'd have big problems. Big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes, Trump said.
0: And Even in their reporting, yeah, he definitely flubbed some lines there, but uh, even in their reporting, they're like, he's indicating that... um, his followers might commit acts of violence. That would be scary if that happened, right? Yeah. It's not like that hasn't already happened in <laughs> no. the most visual way. It's happening visceral like once way, a month but, right yeah. <laughs> And then just in the past two yeah. weeks. In the past two weeks. Yeah. So it's like, It's not really wow. hypothetical. What, what would happen if people got really upset about uh, the FBI investigating Trump? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Certainly nothing has happened so far. Still, back at that recent Ohio rally, Trump did find time on stage to do what Trump does best, brutally mock people directly to their faces. And much like with the rally in Pennsylvania, which was supposed to be for Dr. Oz's Senate campaign, this rally was supposed to be for Trump's endorsement and support of author and Senate candidate, J.D. Vance. But it obviously just turned into a Trump rally because that's just the way these things go, okay? Still, at the very least, Trump did mention J.D. Vance in a way that people would almost certainly remember, but probably not in the way that Vance had hoped for. And we're just, we're gonna be honest here, the headline and quote are actually way funnier than the video of the moment in the speech because it's just a throwaway line in a very long rambling speech, and we'll also just spare you from showing any more footage of Trump rallies, but here you go. In Ohio, Trump mocks Senate candidate J.D. Vance as he rallies for him, quote, JD is kissing my ass. Of course, he wants my support. Trump told the crowd, "Honestly, incredible. You absolutely love to see it. I, I do. He's right there. And he's like, yeah, he's back there. Oh, he, he would me. get down on his knees and suck me off if I asked. Which, as we've seen, Trump loves when people of power or in power get on their on knees. On their knees. JD Vance, I, he got in front of me. I said, no, go back here, kiss my ass. Kiss
1: my ass. Do it." literally anyway while we're on the topic of upcoming elections we we need to show you this absolutely incredible campaign video from a harmless looking old little old lady who uh, decided in the year 2022 to produce a rap video for her upcoming senate race that she hopes to win uh this is also in utah which explains a lot of what's happening here (laughs) if you haven't seen this already you're in for a treat but you'll also probably have deja vu to a video from, like, 2005 called Rapping for Christ, Mm -hmm. I think it was called. Yep. Same vibe, same cadence, same flow. Um, But, yeah, so sit back and enjoy while we listen to the smooth sounds of Utah Republican Senate candidate Linda Paulson. Hey,
0: Utah District 12, listen up right here. There's a new name on the ballot for the Senate this year. My name is Linda Paulson, Republican and awesome. Love God and family and the Constitution. I'm pro-religious freedom, pro-life, pro-police. The right to bear arms and the right to free speech. I want less government control and regulation. Want to stop and expose all political corruption and support traditional family as the fundamental unit of society. But in schools, they're pushing for new beliefs. Just to clarify this, because there's some who can't define this, as a female adult, I know what a woman is. All right, so yeah, obviously terrible. Um, If it wasn't uh, political, you would would assume that it was a Tim and Eric sketch. And it is definitely, it has to be self-aware. No. Or at least I hope it is. No. But despite this little old lady appearing harmless and silly, her beliefs and policy goals are directly in line with the Republican Party as pointed out in her horrific attempts at hip hop.
1: I like how she clearly like put the pen down. She's like, I'm done. And then she's like, oh, I forgot to put something about how about gender and just sort of like just crammed, crammed that into in. the very end. And yeah. it's like, there's like no fucking rhyme to it at all. It's just like, oh, but I, yeah, I also know what a woman is. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that little old lady
0: down the streets actually a fucking monster and also terrible at rap?
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. she should be in jail. Anyway, we'll leave you with something non-political today and provide an update to one of our favorite stories from last week, Uh, the epic chess battle between Hans Niemann and Magnus Carlsen, the most any of us have cared about chess in our lifetime. As you'll remember, Hans Niemann was accused of cheating during a match with Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen at a recent event, and rumors quickly spread regarding just how Niemann was able to cheat in such a prestigious event. I mean, he's accused of using... He's accused of using remote-control vibrating anal beads that send him signals based on the moves that are made on the chessboard. That's the theory.
0: And it keeps him edging.
1: That's the only way he can win. I have to be constantly edging. So it's outrageous. Still completely unproven, but it's a theory. Mm-hmm. Neiman went to great lengths to claim his innocence. He even offered to play his matches completely naked. Uh, well, we didn't have to wait very long to witness the rematch of the century, and it appears as though the world of chess was... They were just fine letting Neiman play with his pants on. They were like, yeah, it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. hmm Sadly, this match didn't last very long at all, but it might be just as controversial.
0: Magnus Carlsen and Hans Niemann met face-to-face, virtually. That's how a lot of these chess tournaments are done nowadays, at the Julius Baer Generation Cup, only for Magnus Carlsen to make one move on the board before resigning the match, turning off his webcam, and completely disappearing without a word. Here you go. And what? No. What What? No. Magnus Carlsen just resigned, got up, and left. So according to reports that we've seen, this was literally just a protest move from Carlsen, but we're not sure because he hasn't tweeted anything since resigning from the previous tournament over a week ago amidst the opponent butt-plug cheating allegations, so no idea. Needless to say, I don't think any of us have been this invested in chess drama since Beth Harmon developed that pill addiction. I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, that's it. Uh, That's it for uh, this episode. We will, of course, be back. Also,
1: if you're in Puerto Rico, you're probably not watching this because you don't have electricity. But uh, fucked up shit happening down there.
0: Um, Trump, even though he's not president, should go there and toss the towels again.
1: Bing. Mark Zuckerberg should uh, go to... Don't worry, I'm Puerto on Rico, it. Yeah. He puts his headset on. We're here. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's real bad. So, yeah. Uh, thinking of Puerto Rico in this dark time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be back uh, for tech news coming up this week,
0: uh, as well as all the other shows. But in the meantime, uh, if you haven't already, check out our uh, most recent Weekly Weird News uh, video. And I haven't mentioned the name or anything that happened it's over. this entire episode. Don't say anything. It, the thing is, Don't it, say anything. it's in
1: the ground and it's it's done done. Never again. Yeah. Never I was hoping again. maybe Joe Biden would shit his pants, but uh, seems like it was a respectful affair. So we're moving on now. Uh, Justin Trudeau did do the
0: singing in the hotel lobby. Did you see that? No. He he was singing Justin Trudeau in a hotel lobby with a piano player singing Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen in London. That's a bit disrespectful don't you think, okay. innit? Shut the fuck up. I'm not saying anything, okay? Justin Trudeau should be in jail. Nope. If you if you do want to watch more of that, watch Weekly Weird News and also our most recent episode of News Dump. Uh, we'll see you very soon, but uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, leave a like and a comment. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye.